You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. I think, I hope that um, we are in a series uh, which is entitled Fix Your Eyes on Jesus. That's a good start, isn't it? Um, And I think I have been asked to speak on uh, Jesus asks us to respond to his voice. Excellent. We're we're in order on track. It's a good place to start. Um, uh, I don't know about you guys, but um, maybe this is going to be unfair. But do any of the, the, the wives here have an issue? It's okay because I don't have a husband, so I don't get in trouble for saying this. Um, <laughs> any of the wives have a problem with selective hearing with their husbands? <laughs> I was like, oh, a little, little bit of a murmuring, maybe. <laughs> now, growing up, um, I have uh, two younger brothers. Um, my one brother had selective hearing over two particular issues. So one was if mum asked him to go out into our utility room and into the freezer, which was quite cold, and he wouldn't hear that. However, if um, a different chore going next door to um, our lovely French neighbour, Marie Louise, was on the cards, then he would literally run round because he knew that if he got that particular chore, it meant that he would be rewarded when he got over there with a goûter. Does anyone call it goûter? Um, basically, some slices of um, white bread with a slab of chocolate in between it. <laughs> Which, you know, every six or seven year old's probably dream, isn't it? Um, so, yes. Um, so, the, the theme of this um, talk today is Jesus asks us to respond to his voice. And I think that kind of has two parts to it. One is the requirement for hearing and listening. And secondly, is the requirement for response, action or obedience. And my first assumption here is that we want to do this because of all the things that he's done for us and all the things that we've learned from him, enabling us to want to live in step with him. But if it's not that if we're not in that place, it's okay just to want to be in that place. It's always a good place to start. So we've got these two aspects of responding to Jesus's voice. And I'm actually going to start kind of at the back end because, not because I'm awkward, although some people might say I am, um, but because I think if we understand the results of us being obedient to God's voice, the more motivated that will be to go back to see where this starts in hearing and listening from him. So we're going to have a look actually not at the um, wise and foolish builders initially, um, but Lou's going to come up and read us um, a passage from Luke 5 uh, verses 1 to 7. And then Murray's going to come up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You did know about this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, because he can do this, I know he can do this off the cuff, even if he doesn't know about it. That is true. (laughs) It is true. He's done it in in Levery CRC. Um, And so we've been, when in, as we've been meeting as Levery CRC, one of the things that we've been doing is the Discovery Bible series. 
so the idea with that is that when you look at a passage of scripture, you read it in a number of different versions, although we're going to do it in one. And then um, we try and retell that story in our own words. So over to you guys. So I've got the NIV version here. Um, so you can just follow me, um, Luke 5, 1 to 7. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, if I said that right, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled bo <laughs> both boats so full that they began to sink. No pressure, Mark. So this will be the muddy version. <laughs> right. Cool. Right. Cool. Off the cuff. So um, what is... You've actually got Q Murray written on there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was in the WhatsApp message that you replied to. <laughs> is that going to stay up? Holly got that. So, right, okay. So, um, it, it's, it's not NIV or NLT or whatever. This is M-U-R-R-A-Y. Um, right, okay. So, there's this chap called Simon, and he's a fisherman, and uh, he stinks of fish because he's a fisherman, and he spent all night looking for fish, and he ain't got anything, got nothing, tried his best, uh, not good enough. Anyway, so he's had enough, fed up, it's morning, he's gone back to the shore, and he sees this chap, and there's always people listening to him, Ooh, nerd. Um, and so they're all listening to him, he's like, oh, we'll just go over there, we'll sort out our nets, clean our nets, whatever. Now the chap who's talking, he's called Jesus. He's important later in the story, but we'll gloss over that for now. Um, and uh, yeah, he's preaching to the people, talking about God and that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, Simon's cleaning his nets and Jesus says to Simon, look, I've, there's a lot of people here that can't really see or hear me. This is before they have microphones and a Martin to sort out all the tech. So can I stand in your boat and then hopefully they'll all hear me a bit better uh, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, so he talks in the boat so all the people can hear him. Brilliant, lovely, great. Um, and afterwards, Jesus turns to Simon and says, you've been out all night, have you? You've not got any fish. No, I've not got any fish. You didn't catch anything. Sorry about that. Um, well, how about? Come on. He's from Birmingham. He's Galilee. It's the Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham is your aisle. <laughs> Sorry. Um, don't tell me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so goes, so go, go out, go out, go, on, go again. I've been fishing all night. What are you talking about? Oh, fine. Goes out, puts his nets out again. Thinks, this guy isn't even a fisherman. Look at him. He doesn't even smell a fish. Um, let's see. Let's just see. Puts the nets out. That's just loads of fish. Loads of fish in the net. And then... I can't even hold this back up. Goes and gets his mate. Mate, come over. Come and help me sort the fish out. Bring them back into the nets. And uh, I've actually done the right passage. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right there. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks very much, Mary. Yeah, round of applause for Mary. See, I told you you could do it off the cuff. I mean, I actually, joking aside, I'd really recommend you do that kind of in groups. It's been really helpful for us. Um, and, um, you know, it's great when you have a, a good storyteller amongst you. But take it in turns. Have a go at it. Some passages are easier than others. Um, so as with many passages, when Jesus is uh, talking with the, with the disciples, um, Simon doesn't really kind of pull any punches here. And I don't know what tone of words he used in verse 5. Um, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, uh, but because you say so, I'll let down the net. I'll let down the nets. In, in my mind, it kind of might come across as because you say so. You know, a bit like my teenage mum and my teenage self might have said to my mum, you know, if you say so, an acknowledgement of doing it because she told me to rather than because I wanted to or because I thought it was a good or a beneficial thing to be doing. So perhaps it was a bit grudging how he said it or perhaps he was saying it with reverence because you say so. Either way, there's a suggestion that his response is very real and very human. He's being obedient, not necessarily because he's expecting a positive outcome. In fact, his response when they start to take in this record haul of fish is one of complete astonishment, perhaps betraying the fact that he hadn't entirely trusted Jesus' instructions in the first place. So what can we learn from this? A few different things, I think. Firstly, success, in this case, hauling in this massive catch of fish, had nothing to do with their skills or their expertise as fishermen. They'd already been out all night, which with my very limited understanding of fishing was the kind of the normal time to fish and everything to do with being obedient to Jesus' instruction. Secondly, being obedient might mean defying human logic. Jesus' instruction wasn't in the sort of natural way of things to yield results, and yet it did many fold more than they could have expected. Thirdly, being obedient might bring unexpected results. There were so many fish, the nets were broken, and now they had to move in a new direction to be fishers of men. Fourthly, we're whipping through these here. Being, obe being obedient glorifies him and not you or me. The catch that they hauled had nothing to do with them and all to do with Jesus's intervention. Fifthly, and I think this one quite often would speak to me in the kind of the busyness of life, a call to be obedient might just come when you want to put your feet up. <laughs> the fishermen had already been out all night and they'd been sat listening to Jesus's teaching and the last thing that they probably wanted to do was to go back out on the boats. And they probably just wanted to curl up and have a nap, you know, have some food, curl up, have a nap, and, you know, try again the next night. 
And finally, being obedient to God might make you eat your words. <laughs> I wonder how Simon felt if indeed he'd been a bit grudging about putting down the nets. I bet he felt a little bit embarrassed that he hadn't trusted Jesus. And yet I'm sure the next time he would have been quicker to. It's a really simple story, isn't it? But there's plenty of applications and I'm sure there's more that you could come up with than I have there. So I wonder what it means for each of us to put out the nets. Perhaps it's to be obedient to God, irrespective of our doubts. Perhaps it's to be faithful in the small things that he's called us to and then pray for strength to obey him in the bigger things so that we start to grow our faith muscle. Or perhaps it's to trust that God equips those that he calls and not calls those he's equipped. We certainly are learning and I'm sure we'll continue to learn plenty about that as we start to um, embark on this journey planting a, a church in Ledbury. Maybe take a moment later today to ask that question of God, or perhaps it's something to look at in your Connect and Connect or Life Groups, or whatever we're calling them at the moment. What does it mean for me personally, and what does it mean for us as a group and as a church to put out our nets? So what happens when we get this right? Well, skipping on to Luke 6, 46 to 49, and the wise and foolish builders, hence the Sandyland uh, song, helps us with this because it says, Everyone who comes to me and puts my words into practice, I will show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrents that struck that house could not shake it because it was well built. And when we get it wrong, i.e. listen and don't obey, or just don't listen in the first place, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who has built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. It doesn't take a genius to figure this one out, does it? I wonder whether anybody watches Grand Designs. Any Grand Designs fans? Yeah, yeah. I, there's been a couple recently from Herefordshire, actually, and I've got a feeling that maybe the first one in the last series isn't that far from here. Um, uh, I'm, I have to say I'm a little bit addicted to it. Um, and I have really animated discussions with my brother who lives in New Zealand, who has literally this weekend moved into a house that they've built um, about what I like or I don't like in any episode, what my dream house would be. Um, and although I don't know, because um, you know my extensive research into house architecture probably is grand designs. <laughs> and I'm sure Gavin, wherever he is, will be, there you are. He tell us a lot more about this. Um, but um, I think I'm right in saying that the foundations are often the things that are the most time consuming and the most expensive. Um, and without the foundations being right, 
the whole of the rest of the project is doomed to failure. Building on the rock of Christ is imperative. Lives are washed away in a sea of challenges every day. And I can assure you, in my job, I see enough people bobbing lost, clinging on to driftwood to know what that looks like. But when we listen to God's voice and obey him, we know that we are on an unshakable foundation, no matter what life <coughs> storms might throw at us. So that takes us back to the first part, because if you're like me, I might now be asking, well, that's okay, Claire, but if I'm not hearing from God, then how can I obey him? And this is where we're going to get a little bit practical for a few minutes. Um, in John 10 verses uh, 2, 2, 2 or 5, I'm not sure, I've written down both here for some reason. Um, it says, my sheep hear my voice. Now I know that there are times when I think, yes, I'm hearing God's voice. And others where I feel that it's complete radio silence. Or at least that I'm just unconfident or unsure of whether I'm hearing him which is where I go back to a little bit of a mental checklist that I pinch from a guy called Brad Yerzak. He's written a, a book on um, hearing God's voice. Um, and I'd also recommend, while I think of it, um, read this year, uh, Pete Gregg's book, um, How to Hear God, which is a sort of partner book to his book on prayer. Um, so do come and grab me and have a flick through this one if you're interested. Um, so... I find that a little bit of a mental checklist is quite helpful for me when I get into that stage when I'm feeling a bit underconfident or maybe feeling a bit cynical about whether I'm hearing from God. Um, so, and also I think it's good for those of us who um, perhaps think, well, hearing from God's kind of, for that's for the leader up the front or that's for the musician or that's for the church elders. It's not necessarily for me. And so this little kind of checklist, I think, is quite helpful um, for us to be able to remember. Now, for some of us, um, we are much better at remembering and learning stuff if we have it in a kind of written down format rather than just hearing. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I'm quite good at hearing things and going, oh, yeah, that's good. And it goes in one ear and out the other ear. So for those who are feeling a little bit creative, um, we're going to just do something slightly different. Um, I've had special permission from Zoe to borrow the children's pens, and you've got to put the lids back on. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you just bear with me a second, let's see if I can get this open. Ooh, I don't, I don't want to damage the packet now. So I'm going to, if I give a handful out to each side, you're all right to give me a handful out. Lovely, thank you. Yeah. Now I'll just show, yeah, in a second. Um, so if you are feeling super creative, and also for those of you who've got little, little ones um, and want to do something with them as well, has anybody made one of these before? I can do it very quickly. She says it's quite a thick piece of card. Um, sorry? 
So I've got to fold it in half. I've got to fold it into quarters. I'm going to fold the ends into the middle. Have we done this one before? Yeah, like a little clapper thing. Fortune teller, except rather than telling fortunes, it's going to tell us where we are hearing God's voice. Um, so you fold all four corners in like so. Um, if you want to grab a table to do it, that's absolutely fine. I know we tend to just sit in our seats during people talking. So four into the middle, like so. And then four, turn it over, four over to the back. It's quite a stiff card, so you definitely need something to rest on, unless you want to kneel on the floor. Now let's have a little bit of audience participation, because I've got seven things listed here, but I'm sure there's lots of different ways in which people think that they hear God's voice. So, here you go. Somebody can have this one. Like so. And then you can put the numbers one to eight on the inside and then flip it out and it will tell you where you have either heard or going to hear God's voice. Who like this one than cheat? Yeah, <laughs> Andrew's going to cheat. There we go. So I'm going to give you, um, I'll give you a starter for one and then maybe somebody could help me out with some of the next ones. So um, the first way in which I think I have heard God's, God's voice was his invitation to me to be invited into his family and me saying yes. So the first one that I've on, hopefully for, for many of us, um, we have responded to his voice, his invitation to be part of his family. Has anybody, is anybody feeling brave and going to offer me a number two? Conscience. Yeah, thanks, Veronica. So um, sometimes we sometimes say conscience or maybe conviction. Um, so sometimes God will address issues that maybe we need to make right um, or maybe affirm areas that he's really pleased with what we're, do what we're doing um, or how we're behaving or how we're thinking. So if you've known that kind of sense of a, a bit of a conscience or a conviction, then you've heard God speak. That's another way in which we can hear God speak to us. With our eyes, yeah? Yeah. So can you have got an example of that? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so God speaks through what we're seeing from day to day in creation, in the people around us. Um, yeah, super. Yeah, don't know quite how you summarise it. But, yeah. 
Yeah, God, maybe through all our different senses, but God uses that to be able to speak to us. Through others, yeah. Um, so with it's friends, family, yeah, anyone. God, God can use any each one of us in different ways, can't they? Can't, can't he? Um, yeah. Uh, sometimes that can come in a slightly different way. Um, so sometimes God can speak to us through others. He can also speak to us about other people. So I think sometimes some of us will feel a particular burden for um, an individual or a family or a certain situation, you know, maybe something which is close to home and maybe something which is, you know, I know many of you were part of the quiz last night, situations that are happening um, all over the world. So, so God speaks to us, God sometimes speaks to us in a burden for other people. Um, any other ways? Oh, go on, Andrew. Scripture. Scripture, yeah, absolutely. And we've been doing that today, haven't we? Opening up God's Word um, and just asking really simple questions. Um, again, we go back to the ways that we've been doing our, our study uh, recently, looking at a passage, reading a passage in a number of different versions. Um, trying to understand that in our own language and then very simply looking at what does this tell us about God? What does it tell us about people and how can we share that with others? Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, scripture. I don't, I don't know for you, but um, sometimes I can read a passage of scripture and I kind of think, well, I'm not really sure what that's on about. Or I'm not quite sure how that's speaking to me today. And then other times there'll be something that will be part of it that will just kind of jump, almost like jump off the page, like let's put a massive highlighter across it. You know, this is relevant for, for you today. And so God absolutely uses scripture. Um, uh, you can do it how you like. You can do it how you like. It's no, no rules. If you want to put like one to eight or something and then... They're not multicolored, I'm afraid, these ones. But <laughs> diversion. Yeah. There's unexpected diversions. Unexpected diversions. Very often lead to blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, sometimes you maybe um, you, you're in a circumstance you wouldn't necessarily find yourself in or you've kind of ended up down a slightly different path and God's used that in some way. Um, I find sometimes that one of the things I find very difficult about <laughs> in life is leaving margin. Um, that's my word for the year, actually, is margin, trying to have some space and, and time so that God can use that time. I remember just uh, back, I had a sabbatical just before COVID hit, I was in Canada and I was on a bus and I had no particular agenda for the day. I just was going to go into the town near where I was and have a mooch around, but I, I didn't have a, a set agenda to what I was doing. So very different from my life at home. But I ended up chatting to an elderly lady on the bus who said I, you know, that she was lonely. She didn't really have anybody to talk to. And I said, I'll take you out for lunch. And we chatted 
and it made both of our days. And she told me her life story, and um, and so I think you know God uses those moments, doesn't He? And I know we can't always be on sabbatical, and lives are very busy, but actually sometimes leaving a little bit of margin and saying, God, you know, how would you use this time? Or I'm, you know, in town and I've got half an hour free. Lord, will you show me somebody I can have a conversation with or pick up the phone and who can I encourage today? Worship. worship. Yes, I'm glad we got to worship. Fantastic. I don't know about you. Has God spoken to your heart through worship? Have you felt that kind of sudden sort of quickening of your heart or maybe... Um, if you're anything like me and Andrew, um, tears <laughs> quite quickly forming. And, or sometimes um, through the words of the songs, often the songs that we sing are based on scripture, aren't they? And, and God can bring revelation in a different way through worship. Um, just, I think for some of us, that it unlocks something in us because it allows us for maybe those emotions to flow in a different way. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, God speaks to us through worship. Any more? Signs. Go on, elaborate a little bit more, Gavin, if you can. Oh, it was Andrew, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was Gavin. It was like a mouthpiece. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it's great, isn't it, when those kind of things happen? Um, and you know, sometimes God will, will speak to us in <coughs> pictures. Um, I think some people experience. God speaking to them through dreams as well. Um, not something I personally experienced, but I know people who that has been true of. Um, I have one more if anybody's got one more. Prophetic words from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so sometimes people have um, a, a particular gifting in prophetic, in, in prophecy and prophetic words, um, and that can be wonderfully encouraging to have those kind of things spoken uh, over us um, and when we uh, Ledbury came and um, met with you guys a few weeks ago um, some you very kindly gave us words um, for us as a church um, and so yeah it's fantastic when God uses us um, in that way to, to speak to people sometimes God can even um, use people who are teaching and standing up front <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Oh, it's fabulous. And and the one last thing, actually, if you if you still got one more to fill up, um, uh, God sometimes uses the the unexpected. I think so. The the example that springs to mind for me was um, this is a little while ago now, but um, I was running. And I had some music on 
uh, just a, a sort of playlist that I could run to. And there was a song that came on that playlist that I hadn't heard for quite some time. Um, and it was by Pink, the artist Pink. Um, and it was a song called Perfect. Careful if you look it up, um, because there's a clean version, quite an explicit version. Um, but uh, there's, there's a line in it where she says, oh, I've lost my mobile and I had looked, looked it up. Um, it's something to the effect of pretty, pretty, please. Don't you ever believe that you are anything less than perfect? Um, and at the time I was working uh, with some uh, people who were, who were really struggling in different ways and I was finding it difficult to understand where they were at. And it was like God was just reminding me um, that in his eyes, those people were perfect. Um, and so I think, you know, even, even a song by Pink, <laughs> there are many different ways that God can speak to us. So, I mean, this, this certainly isn't an exhaustive list. It's just an illustration of some of the ways that God speaks. And I hope that it really encourages us um, that although we don't always feel like we can hear from God speaking, um, that he does still speak to us today, um, which takes us back full circle and we'll land here um, because if we go back to the first story of the disciples and see in verse 10 it says this then Jesus said to Simon don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people so they pulled up their boats on the shore left everything and followed him if we hear his voice and respond if we're obedient to his call then, and this is the cliffhanger <laughs> and another talk, <laughs> our lives will never be the same again. We're no longer fishermen, but fishers of men, which very loosely translated, I think, says, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mm -hmm.